Hello, this is Joe McGee. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and please share the podcast with your friends. That is the number one way you can help us reach people with God's love and healing. We love you guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible with Joe McGee, where we're going verse by verse, Genesis to Revelation, and chronological order and the way it happened. Now, I've said it so many times uh, on this program, the Bible is not written as it happened. It's written in chronological order from the biggest book, Genesis, covering 2,500 years, to the smallest book, Jude. And so then it ties up with Revelation. So it's it's what we're doing in this Bible study is we're going in as it happened. It makes a lot more sense when you read it in chronological Oh, that's why they did that. Oh, that's why they did that. That's why this is happening. And so you read it in chronological order, it makes a whole lot more sense. So the fathers of our faith wrote it longest book to the shortest book, but that's not how it happened. That's a great way to put the book together. So we're going to read today from Numbers chapter 10, talking about the silver trumpets. Now, whether it's the golden horns, silver trumpets, uh, the, the creek water, whatever God's using, there's a reason. So you need to kind of read the Bible by asking a lot of questions. Why did he do that? Because God loves it when you ask questions. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? So chapter 10 of Numbers. I'm reading again from the New Living Translation. It is my favorite translation. I still study the King James. I just don't speak King James. So chapter 10 of Numbers, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, make two trumpets of hammered silver, calling the communities to assemble for the signaling breaking of the camp. When both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before the entrance of the tabernacle. But only one trumpet blows, then only the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, must present themselves. Two trumpets, everybody gathers. One trumpet, just the leaders. Two trumpets, everybody shows up. One trumpet, just the leaders. God's real organized. Verse 5. When you sound the signal to move on, the tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle must break camp and move forward. Then sound a signal second time. The tribes camped on the south will follow. You must sound a short blast of the signal for moving on. But when you call the people to assemble, blow the trumpets with a different signal. Only the priest, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. When you arrive in your own land, you go to war against your enemies who attack you. You sound the alarm with the trumpets. Then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. Blow the trumpets in times of gladness, too, setting them as your annual festivals at the beginning of each month. Blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and peace offerings. The trumpets will remind your God of his covenant with you, for I am the Lord your God. Why am I blowing the trumpet? It reminds God of his covenant with us, and that's a real good thing. In the New Testament, we're to speak God's word. God watches over his word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. God said, put me in remembrance of my word. Why did he forget? No, he wants us to be able to speak it. He wants us to remember it. God never forgets anything. We do. So in verse 11, in the Seger after Israel's departure from Egypt on the 12th day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on from place to place till the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. When the people set out for the first time following the instructions of the Lord had given through Moses, Judah's troops led the way. 
They marched behind their banner, and the leader was Narshan, the son of Amadad. Then they joined the troops of the tribe of Iskar, led by Nasser, the son of Zur, and the trumpets of the tribe. And so they led one tribe after another in order. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the divisions of the Levites were the next in the march to carry the tabernacle with them. Reuben's troops were next, marched behind the banner. Their leader was Eleazar, son of Shabur. Then they were joined by the troops of the tribe of Simeon, led by Shemuel and Shabula, and the troops of the tribe of Gad, uh, led by Eleazar, the son of Duol. Next came the Kanatide tribe, carrying the sacred objects of the tabernacle. Before they arrived at the next camp, the tabernacle would already be set up in a new location. Ephraim's troops were next, marching behind a banner. So what, what I'm trying to say, when they moved, it was very orderly. You moved by tribe, behind the banner that represented what you were doing, who you were. It was highly, highly organized. It was not a cluster of people walking across the desert, a lot of dust flying around. God is an orderly, orderly God. It's just amazing. Uh, down at uh, verse 31. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, no, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up to verse 29. One day Moses said to his brother-in-law, he said, we are on our way to a place the Lord has promised us. For he said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well. For the Lord promised wonderful blessings for Israel. But he replied, no, I will not go. I must return to my own land and to my own family. Please don't leave us, Moses pleaded. You know the places in the wilderness where the camp should be. Come, be our God. If you do, we will share with you all the blessings the Lord gives us. Then they marched three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord with the ark of the Lord's covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them. And whenever the ark uh, was sent out, Moses would shout, Arise, Israel. Arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee before you. And where the ark is set down, he would say, return, O Lord, the countless thousands of Israel. So he's, you know, we talk about confession. Moses was doing it eons ago. He would declare what God said. When they stopped, he would declare what God said. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm not the leader. God's the leader. I'm following God. That's why I used the words, I'm following God. God says, go. God says, stop with the pillar and the fire. We're following God. It's all God. It's not some smart human. It's not of the many religions of the world. They're following some human, you know, all the, well, the Buddhist or the mobile, it doesn't matter. They're following humans. We're not. We're following God. It's very, very different. Ooh, it's so good. So um, chapter 11, the people, are, they're following, they're listening. Chapter 11 of Numbers, all of a sudden, people are starting to get kind of antsy. They're trying to understand what God's doing. We get up when God says, get up. We sit down when God says, sit down. We follow the cloud. We follow the pillar. We set up the tabernacle. And all of a sudden, they're getting tired of doing everything God's saying. You ever had people, you know, people in your life just, well, I'm tired of going to church. I think I'll skip church this Sunday. I think I'll skip church this month. I think I'll skip church this year. And there's we got flesh. And flesh is always trying to back up, back off. In the spirit, you're trying to press in. Trying to press into God. So chapter 11, verse 1, soon the people began to complain about their hardship. 
and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them. They sent a fire to rage among them and destroyed some of the people on the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed at Moses for help. And when he prayed, the Lord's fire stopped. After that, there was known as Tibera, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Verse 4, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, some, some, we'd love to have some meat. We sure would like to have some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumber melons and leeks and onions and garlics. Oh, what great flavor. What great flavor we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we see is this manna. Manna in the morning, manna at night. All we got is this manna, manna, and more manna. The manna looked like small uh, coriander seeds. You know, if you've ever seen, but they didn't look that up in the dictionary. Small coriander seeds, and it was pale, yellow like resin. And the people go gather it from the ground. They would make flour by grinding it, uh, hand mills, pounding it into mortars. They boiled it in a pot, and they made flat cakes out of it. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came from the camp uh, as dew during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of the tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why don't you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give to our, their ancestors? Why am I supposed to, where am I supposed to get meat for these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat, give us meat. But I can't, if I can't carry all these people by myself, the load is far too heavy. Is this what you intended for me to do? Just go ahead and kill me now. Do me a favor and spare this. Spare me for this misery. He's complaining. God, just go ahead and kill me. This is Moses. Moses is saying, God, just go ahead and kill me dead. I'm tired of dealing with him. I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of dealing with my family. I'm tired of dealing with my marriage. I'm tired of dealing with him. Go ahead and kill me. You ever heard anybody say that? Yeah, Moses said it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who recognize as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand with you. I will come down and I will talk to you there. Now I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put same spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you. That way you will not have to carry it alone. And say to the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow you will have meat to eat. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried. Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will have it to eat. And it won't be for just a day or two, or four or five, or even 20. You will eat meat for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord, who is here among you, and you have whined to him, saying, why don't, you, why don't we ever leave Egypt? But Moses responded to the Lord, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me. Yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. If we butchered all of our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? If we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? 
Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Verse 24, so Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. He gave the 70 elders together and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud, spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. When the spirit rest upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. Two men, Eliad and Merdad, stayed there behind the camp, and they were listed among the elders, but they had not gone to the tabernacle. Yet the spirit rested upon them as well. So they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran, ran and reported to Moses, these two are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been with Moses, assisted since his youth, protested. Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? Voice the Lord, the people prophesied. Oh, that they would put the spirit upon them all. Then Moses returned to the camp of the elders. Verse 31. Then the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea. Let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail flying three and four feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all day throughout the night and the next day. No one gathered more than 50 bushels. They spread the quail on the ground in the camp, but they were <laughs> gorging themselves on the meat. While it was still in their mouth, the anger of the Lord blazed upon the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. So the place was called uh, Abate, which means graves of gluttony, because they were, they were so big, paired by people who had craved the meat of Egypt, but now they traveled on and said, Oh, man, our mouths are full, our bellies are full. Well, then chapter 12, verse 1, and while they were there, Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. Now, there's a lot going on right here. We're on a long road. We're going to the promised land. We're eating manna. We're tired of manna, manna this, manna that. We want some meat. Well, then we got quail. We got quail five, three, four feet off the ground. We got so much quail, days and days and mouthful and mouthful of quail and quail and quail. And so they're complaining about that. Then chapter 12, verse 1, while they were there, Aaron gets mad, criticizing Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoke through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble more humble than any other person on earth. There's a lot in that. I, I don't have time to stop here very long. Moses is very, God exalts the humble, but he resists the proud. Whoa. So immediately the Lord called to Moses and Aaron and said, go to the tabernacle, the three of you. So the three went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of a cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called. They stepped forward, and the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there are prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he's the one I trust. I speak to Moses face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why? Why are you not afraid? to criticize my servant Moses. The Lord was very angry with him, and he departed. The cloud moved above the tabernacle, and there stood Miriam. Then her skin was as white as snow from leprosy. Aaron saw what had happened to her. He cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, 
please don't punish us for we have sinned and, 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 and acted foolishly. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out to God, oh God, I beg you, please, please, Lord, heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had done nothing more than spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days and let her she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days where people waited for her and she was brought back to the camp again. And then they left in Quran, starting in verse 13. Now the Lord said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan. So it was not a normal trip. It was not a normal trip. It was just a wild, just people complaining. Uh, got met free food, free food falling from heaven. They made all kinds of cakes out of it. And they made uh, casseroles out of it. And, they, and it had good flavor to it, but they got tired of it. We want meat. God said, fine, I'll give you meat. And then all of a sudden, quail came by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And they're catching them. And they're butchering them. And they're skinning them. And they're plucking feathers. And they're cooking them. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says their mouth, they got, their mouth was so full of quail, like, oh, we can't stand it. We can't stand any more quail. Too much quail. And then they're complaining. Then all of a sudden, uh, Aaron gets mad at Moses. Why are you special? Who made you special? Then God descends in the cloud. I made him special. You don't make him special. I made him special. He's the only one that listens to me. He's the only one that obeys me. And God gave a great short sermon to Aaron and his sister. Then his sister gets leprosy. She turns white as snow. Moses, please, God, please heal her. Please heal her. He said, fine, fine. But she's got to stay outside camp for seven days. Seven days later, leprosy's gone. She comes back in. It is a zoo. It's not a normal day. It's not a normal group of people. God's trying to gather a people that will serve him and listen to him, but it's just not normal. And so it's just a wild ride. So finally, finally, they arrive at the promised land. It has not been a simple trip. It's not been a short trip. It's been something happening every day. And there's just 2 million plus people. Woo, it's been something. But now we're about to arrive at what we've been believing God for for 400 years. For 400 years, God's promised you're going to live in houses you did not build. You're going to eat from vineyards you did not plant. I'm going to bless you. So God's getting ready to bless them immensely. So we're going to pick this up next time, but don't miss it because it is an incredible story. So thanks for listening today. Through the Bible, Joe McGee. God bless, guys. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. It's got a great future for you and your family. We're here to help you get there. Please make sure you visit Joe McGee Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There you find all of our Friday funny videos and other encouraging resources for you and your family. While you're at it, be sure to visit JoeMcGee.com. We have all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.